I'm going to take your Bibles and turn to 1 Corinthians, 4th chapter and the 14th verse. Our title is taken from verse 20, not in word, but in power. 1 Corinthians 14, 4, 14. I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you, and though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, ye have yet many fa- not many fathers, for in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. Wherefore I beseech you that ye be followers of me, for this cause have I said unto Timotheus, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance of my ways, which ye be in Christ, I as I teach everywhere in every church, and now some are puffed up as though I would not come to you, but I will come to you shortly, if the Lord will, and will know not the speech of them which are puffed up, but the power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. What shall ye, shall I come unto you with a rod, or in love, and in the spirit of meekness? Let's pray together, please. And most gracious Heavenly Father, do thank Thee for all Thy blessings You give us in Christ Jesus and Your everlasting mercies. I pray that, Lord, You would be merciful unto us this morning and that You would meet our needs in our hearts and spirits, that in all things we might bring Thee honor and glory and worship Thee as we ought to, and that, that Your name would be praised and glorified in the church. We pray and look to Thee, O Lord, that You'd have mercy upon each one according to their need. Those without Christ would be Pleased to save those in Christ, the Lord, you be pleased to edify and strengthen in the faith. We do thank thee and praise thee in Jesus Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Not in word, but in power. For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Verse 20. <clears throat> what makes the word of God unique among all other books? Why is this book changed? What different? Well, we can say the first thing that is given to us by God. Uh, That should make it unique enough by itself. But there's a lot of books that claim to be uh, from some god or leader or guru or uh, some uh, priest of some kind uh, who their words they claim to be the word of God. And so what makes this unique and special then from all other uh, words that we have in the book? And and, uh, I can't remember the... Uh, the person that said this, he says, well, it's just words in a book. Well, there are just words in a book, and that's true, but the difference between this book and all the others is and that the word is, if you will, is in power, not just in reading, not in just in the flesh, and it might not just it makes you have goosebumps or something if you read it, not if you can snuggle up with it and feel comfortable. It is that what it says <clears throat> is true, and if you do what it says, then you'll receive exactly what you, what he says you'll receive for it. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Scripture has said, then, uh, then you'll be saved. If you don't, then you end up in hell, the one or the other. And again, this book is unique and special because... It is backed up by the power of God. Um, we think about there's no power uh, in the Word of God if it's just another book, but it is backed up by the power of God. Then 
And he promises that we do certain things as a church. He'll bless us in it. And if we'll give ourselves over to following him and, and uh, the sanctification and all the other promises God has made us, these things will be true. And the reason they're true is because God is not a liar. And his word is from him. And so when we think about the words to believe, we, it is what we entrust our life to. And some people trust their lives to different books. Now we say, well, preacher, they're not giving themselves to different books. Well, they're giving to the sayings of somebody, whether it be Buddhist, whether it be somebody else. Nonetheless, he can't do anything for them. And we think about all the different religions, and they can't do anything for them. And people do not follow the Word of God it is virtually powerless in their lives. You've got to do it God's way or not at all. Some says, well, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and do this, that, or the other. And you'll be saved. Well, that's not the gospel. That's not God's word. God's word is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that's it. Amen. And there's no other add-ons. There's no other things that precede it other than obey God and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. What was the Corinthians church problem? They operated by human wisdom. They didn't operate by the Spirit, by God's wisdom. They didn't operate, uh, if you will, uh, by the reasonings of the apostles and the prophets that God sent their way. Uh, They reasoned by human reason. And they understood His power. They uh, were trying to build a church of God. And as they tried to build a church of God, they tried to do it their way and not God's way. They, they, led, they were led by their intellect and their understanding, if you will, of the Word and not by the Spirit. And one of the things that we notice is their hatred for God's men. And I'm particularly mentioning Paul. And we see there in the latter end of our text where he said that he would come to them in verse 21, What will ye, shall I come unto you as a rod, or in love, and in the spirit of meekness? So this is a warning that he would exercise his apostolic power if they didn't turn, if you will, change the way they were doing things. And they, how many you now use human wisdom, knowledge, and understanding led by their intellect to build churches? A brother was talking about it on Facebook. I seen the same picture where it, it looked like a movie theater. It was all dark, and then up on the up on the podium or stage or what do you want to call it, they had bright lights, and 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 from the viewpoint of the camera, I don't know if you could tell what was going on or not, but nonetheless, that was their ideal of worship, if you will, to be put in darkness and not in light. Yeah. <clears throat> We think about the what is was the, their purpose in evangelizing was to expand the kingdom of God or the church. And many today care nothing about the kingdom of God. All they care about is the church. And yes, you say, well, the church is part of the kingdom if it's one of Christ's churches it is. If it's built upon the foundation of Jesus Christ and having Jesus as a chief cornerstone under the foundations of the apostles, that is the word of God that we have, uh, then it is his church. 
If it started like he tell, told us to start it, if it, if it, if you will, leans on him and not on man, when we start depending upon our own intellect and our ideals and some of the grand things we schemes, I, I said ideas, but really schemes is a better word, that people have uh, for getting people to make profession of faith and joining their place. <clears throat> They had low opinion of many, and that is the apostle, especially Paul. Paul in the Corinthians, verse 15, God called Paul during the book of Acts. During the book of Acts 18, 8. Now this is Paul going to uh, Corinth and Crispus. The chief ruler of the synagogue believed on the Lord and with all his house, and many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Then spake the Lord to Paul in the night vision, Be not afraid, but speak and hold not thy peace, for I am with thee, and no man shall send set on you, set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. And continued there a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. So Paul was pretty well for the year and a half was uninterrupted by the devil's people. I know he had his problems and all this, that, and the other. And then we see persecution started uh, as he is at Corinth after the year and a half. God said he's with him and that no man will be able to touch him. And when Paul's time to go came, then then we see some persecution coming up against him. Paul had (coughs) fathered them by (coughs) preaching the gospel, fathered them by preaching the gospel to them. 1 Timothy 1-2, Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, he didn't mean he was God the Father. He meant he is the one God used to bring him the gospel message. And in that sense, he was father to them or begot them unto the gospel. And we'll see more clearly as we go through. But nonetheless, this is what Paul is speaking to them about. There in 1 Corinthians 9, 1, Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are not not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle to others, yet doubtless... I am to you, for the seal of my apostleship are, <coughs> are ye in the Lord. And so he is saying that if nobody else believes I'm an apostle, you should. Okay. He preached on the word, brought on the word of God, done miracles among them, and, and healed different ones as they, all the apostles had all the gifts, and, and part of that was healing, and and uh, he went about demonstration the power of the Holy Spirit in his preaching. And, and yes, he was not, I always keep saying this, but he was not the greatest preacher, apparently, from what everybody says. But nonetheless, uh, he had all the qualifications of being an apostle that he had seen Jesus Christ in the flesh and, and that he was the last one, as we'll see later on in our studies, not today, but later on, and that... Uh, he was the last to see uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in the flesh. He called them to be followers and imitators of him. Uh, and uh, uh, they were not to be followers of him, but of Christ. 
but they were imitate him and his and the way he lived and the way he worked and the way he demonstrated the love of Christ to others in his service to Almighty God. 1 Corinthians 11.1, 1, even as I also of Christ, that is the different followers that are used in these passages, and Ephesians, followers of God, 1 Thessalonians 1.6, followers of us, and, and 2.14, uh, followers of the churches. So <clears throat> these are to be imitators, to be uh, those that uh, imitate, and that is you see somebody do something and, and you do it like they do. If they, uh, if they are careful and they're living for God, then they'll be a good example for us. And you take these people, they've been raised up in absolute paganism. I mean, you can't think of anything worse than the Corinthians. And, and so they needed an example to live by. They needed to look at somebody. And Paul and Philippians tell them that they're to take him for an example uh, that they might see how they ought to live uh, for Jesus Christ. And so he sets the example again uh, here. And so that it is true not all parents are good examples uh, of what they uh, should be as citizens, for instance, of this country. Not all preachers have a good example of what a person should be as citizens of heaven. They should, and, and, and yet we're to pick out somebody that, uh, especially young Christians, somebody that's a good example of being a, a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, being a good citizen of heaven. And so we are citizens, if you will, of the family of God and the, and the kingdom of God. And as citizens, we're to live like the king. We're to use him as our example of what we should be. But we find that none of us is able to live that kind of life and so we depict those that are holy, godly, and set aside or reserved, if you will, unto the Lord, that we might see an example of what God's talking about, how we should live, and that's what he's talking about here. <clears throat> In Ephesians 4.17, in Ephesians 4.17, <clears throat> starting there, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of your mind, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through ignorance and in the, in, that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who, being past filling, have given themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ, if so, then that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Now, there's a lot of examples out there today that nobody should follow. They call themselves Christians. They might call themselves preachers. They might call themselves prophets. I think there's a few apostles around. And, and they say all these things, but their example is not Christ-like. And so we're not to follow them. We're to follow Christ. The kingdom is not hot air. They were puffed up, if you will, and that means in their pride. <clears throat> but the Word of God is not like it. It's not hot air. It is the Word of God. Yeah. Verse 17 and 18 of our text, the word that Paul preached is the same gospel message that he preached in every place. He didn't preach one thing in, <clears throat> in uh, uh, Jerusalem or Ephesus and then another at Corinth. 
He preached the same gospel everywhere he went. And, and we read that. When I was uh, young in the faith, I read that. I thought, what does that mean? I mean, I thought, well, of course you'd be preaching the same thing. But then after I was in the ministry a while, I found out that some don't do that. They preach a different gospel or a different message, a different word, and, and according to where they're at. But Paul says, I preach the same thing everywhere I go. There's no difference in what I preach to you and what I preach to others. And, and so he was saying to them, this is the word of God. This is what you need to follow. Uh, Paul, verse 20, Paul <clears throat> would soon come and face uh, his accuser, for the kingdom of God is not in power, but, I mean, not in word, but power. Now, they had looked for Paul, thought he was coming, and apparently, and I just say apparently because I can't prove this, that he told them that he's going to come, we'll say, well, I'm going to try to get there at first of the year. And then circumstances came in where he wasn't able to make it. And some maybe weren't calling him a liar, but they called him the next best thing to it. And they said, well, he's not coming. He says he's going to come. He didn't come. And, and he says, I might be a little late. That's what he's talking about here. But I am coming. Uh, and so all things of God are backed up by the power of God. He's omnipotent. Man often says great swelling words, but he can't back them up. And we think about the evolutionists. They have great swelling words. They can't back them up. And they can't demonstrate what they say that they believe. Our demonstration is everything around us. Exactly like God said it was done. Not not, uh, one thing begot another and begot another, and all of a sudden the monkey becomes a man. Uh, A horse becomes a whale. And all this foolishness uh, that man puts out. Jesus is king and all things have has been put under him. There in the book of he, Ephesians, Hebrews, excuse me, 2 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all things subject <coughs> subjection under him, he left nothing that is not under him, but now we see not all things <coughs> put under him. And so we say, Well, what's it talking about? Well, Jesus is ruler of all. He is the king of kings. He is now ruling. Everything that exists exists, consists by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing that can happen that Christ doesn't allow to happen. And, And yet we see not everything put under him. That is, we don't see people following him, obeying him. In the millennial, as far as this world is concerned, that would be the closest that ever come to following God as it ought to follow Him. <clears throat> Those in glory, of course, will follow the Lord Jesus Christ as they ought, but in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, the whole world be under His uh, rulership. Then we'll see all things put under Him, but it doesn't mean that all are going to follow or obey Him at that time. God, a- good angels, men, devils, all things in heaven and earth are under Him. 1 Peter 3.22, he has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and power being made subject unto him. So Christ exercises his power, if you will, his control over the devil limitedly while he's on the earth completely now. You say, why are these things going on? Because they must go on. Men have a choice. Either follow the Lord Jesus Christ or follow devils. 
That's, that's the choice. If we follow what Jesus says or we follow something else. And a lot of them think they have power. They have all these incantations and, and, and different things that they'll repeat over and over and over and over again. They think in doing that they're either changing themselves, changing somebody else, or causing somebody to die, or causing somebody to live, and all these things they do thinking that this, uh, these things have occurred when in reality God is in control. And none of these things, these foolish things, matter. It always amazes me sometimes when Christians are worried about some witch or wizard or somebody's will, and she says something against you, you've got to watch that. Well, you know, if you believe something, then it'll come true in part. I mean, stepping under ladders ladder is bad luck. You say, well, I wonder how that came to be. Well, you step under a ladder and somebody drops something off of it. Let me tell you, it's not going to make you have a good day. But just stepping on the ladder and nothing happened, that's not bad luck. Yeah. You don't ruin your day. You don't, if you will, if you've ever worked in construction or anything, you're going to walk under a lot of ladders. If you ever worked in any kind of maintenance, you're going to walk under a lot of ladders. If somebody don't drop anything on your head, then you're just as well off before and after. But that's the way most of these superstitions are. And my brother was stepped under a telephone guy was working on the telephone lines and and we was walking there and he walked underneath them guy dropped a wrench on his head and i thought was getting ride to orangeboro and they they said i don't believe it's bad enough for that so uh, the point i'm making these things happen all the time but people use them and take them as if it's something supernatural it's something that if you do these things and get rid of moles, and I used to know a lot of ways to get rid of moles, taking dish, uh, dish, warts, uh, dish towels and, and uh, dish rags and doing things. Well, I'm not going to go through it. You might try to follow it, and that won't work. <laughs> but the point I'm making is that people believe these things, and they believe it above God. They believe it above God's Word. And even those that call themselves the saints of God, sometimes these things enter in. I was brought up in a household. We had a saying for everything. And all of them were superstitious. <clears throat> and not that we believe them, they say, but we everything had a saying. In <clears throat> Matthew 4.23, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases among the people. <clears throat> this is Jesus' work as he went about and preached the gospel. Uh, he is the leader. He is the prime example. I know that John the Baptist went before him as the preparer of the way and was preaching the good news. And Jesus came along and preached the good news. And then when he resurrected, then we had really had the good news. Because in his resurrection, <clears throat> we have life. The visible king upon the earth, Matthew thirteen ten and 12. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speak thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given, for whosoever hath 
to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance, but whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away, even that he hath. If he doesn't have it, how can he take it away? Well, it is there, if you will. If you don't use it, you lose it. And if you don't believe it and follow it, then you'll, you wonder what that thing was. It'd just be gone. Uh, I'm just going to give you some passages real quick for time. Uh, Matthew 13, 24, 25, 31, 33, and 47, <clears throat> and 6, 33, 19, 24, 21, uh, 31, 19, 24, 21, 31 of Matthew, <clears throat> and Luke 17, 20 through 25, <clears throat> and all of these shows different aspects of the kingdom. There's a kingdom that's on the earth. There's a kingdom that's in heaven. There's a kingdom that uh, we speak of the devil where he, uh, <clears throat> he's the prince of the world. And so that's speaking of an evil kingdom. And so there's many kingdoms that are mentioned in the scriptures. And each one, as we look at them, we've got to find out what kingdom is speaking about. But the only kingdom that we should be concerned with is the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where he is the king is now ruling over that kingdom. All other kingdom is subordinate to him. All other, uh, if you will, groups or powers or principalities are all under him and not above him. And so as we you take the time to look at those scriptures, then you'll see that of the different kingdoms that the Bible makes, uh, uh, sp uh, speaks of. The only reason I did that, I, but I've seen the time I'm going to let me do it. So, and I put in, I hope you see from the short study, which we didn't do, that uh, it, when referring to the kingdom, you've got to study it out and see what it is. What's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, and the closest we ever come to heaven on earth will be the millennial kingdom, and it still will not be heaven on earth. <clears throat> And the power of God humbles there in verse 21 of our text. <clears throat> what will ye? Shall I come unto you with a rod of uh, rod or love in the spirit of meekness? Now we think about the apostles exercising power that was given to them. And I've mentioned it a few times and never did speak of it very much. We look at 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 13, 10. Therefore I write these things being absent, least being present, I should use sharpness according to the power which the Lord has given me to edification, not destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell, be perfect, be of good comfort, be one of mine, live in the peace and <clears throat> live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. And so we see that he's speaking of here and that he, that he come for edification, not for their destruction, and, uh, but he's speaking of the ap apostolic power. There in 1 Timothy 1.20, of whom Hymetrius and Alexander, whom I have delivered unto Satan, that they may, be, they may learn not to be blasphemed. Now it's not like 1 Corinthians where he's telling them that they are to turn one over, that they are to discipline from the from the church. He's talking about what he did himself, not through the church. 
And uh, we say, well, he can't do that. He's an apostle. He can do that. <clears throat> but we can't. The church is the only one that has that power, authority. But what Paul was saying here, this is what he did. And he did this because he was a special messenger of Jesus Christ who had seen him in the flesh, who had been called to that ministry by Almighty God. And he was in the position to do those things, but he was not, he was not uh, one of those that would uh, take the sword in his hand and be sued who could go out and rap with it. He was for their edification, for their encouragement. But when people went too far, like the man in Corinth, where he had his father's wife and, and where he was puffed up, the people in the church was puffed up because they wouldn't discipline him. And he should have been disciplined. And Paul said, this is not even named among the Gentiles. In other words, the Gentiles wouldn't approve of anything like that. And here we're at the most wicked uh, city in Rome, or one of the most of the wickedest cities in Rome. And here they, even the Gentiles wouldn't do that. And they would be looked down on if uh, they did that among the Gentiles. And here they were in the church, and the church didn't discipline them. <clears throat> and he says, I, as if I am there. And he was saying that in spirit... He'd be with them as they would discipline this person from the church. And so there is a reason, or if there's a power that God gave these men uh, that others didn't have. <clears throat> and one, on the one hand, Paul used tenderness to try to get them to repent and to walk the walk. But then he warned them of the power of God if they didn't. And... <clears throat> Paul's enemies in the Corinthian church, because Paul had, had not come, as I mentioned before, when speaking uh, evil of him, and they're just nitpicking. When somebody gets it in for somebody, they nitpick them to death. Whether it be a preacher, or whether it be a fellow saint, or whoever it might be, they get to nitpicking. And then they say, well, he said this, and look, he didn't do that then. I'm sure Paul said, if the Lord wills, because we see that in the book of Acts when he's talking about coming to them, and he said, if the Lord willing, I'll come there. And, and he prayed, asked them to pray for him that it would be the Lord's will that he get, that he come there, but he didn't. If you remember, he went to <clears throat> He didn't go where he, <clears throat> he had planned to go because he went down to Jerusalem. And from Jerusalem to Rome, he had... No choice of anything because he was a prisoner. <clears throat> and so it wasn't the Lord's will for him to go to a particular place. But the point I'm making is, is that <clears throat> he's just like us. We, we have to say Lord willing. And I find that I think it's get out of sorts or out of custom or out of whatever. We just don't do that. But I can't tell you that I'm going to be here Wednesday night. Now, I can say I'm going to be here Wednesday night, but that don't mean nothing. Absolutely means nothing. I could die before Wednesday. I could have a car wreck and somebody call me, one family members or whatever else may happen, or somebody says, well, we need you over here. So I can't say for sure I'll be here Wednesday night, but Lord willing, I will be here Wednesday night. If the Lord permits is another phrase that some use, and, and it all means the Lord's in control. And I can't, of my own self, 
promise you that I can do something. I worked with a man, he was at the church out in California, and he was doing some, no, it was, excuse me, Illinois, and he was, he was having a hard time, and he wasn't a member of the church, but he claimed to be a Christian, and so the church decided to let him do some work around there that we needed done, so... Uh, <clears throat> so he's talking, and he said, uh, I told him, I said, I'll be there at 9 o'clock in the morning, Lord willing. He said, oh, you don't know if he's going to make it or not? I said, no, Lord willing, I'll be there. I'll strive to be there at 9 o'clock. I, and, and he asked me several times, he said, well, if you're not going to be able to make it, and I, I thought to myself, he's supposed to be a Christian. He says he's a Christian. And I said, as much as life with me, I'll be there at 9 o'clock. But I said the Lord could intervene and not not be able to make it. And so after working with him about a month, off and on for a month, he, he got to saying, Lord willing, I'll be there. But the point I'm making is that none of us are in control of our lives. We're only controlled as far as God allows us to have. And we think about... The general contact was the uh, uh, that of the, the <coughs> different, excuse me, carnal, and not to follow Christ in the newness of life. There in Second Corinthians thirteen, thirteen one. <coughs> this is the third time I am coming unto you in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Shall every word be established? I told you before and foretold you as if I were present the second time. And, and being absent now, I write to them which the hitherto have sinned and to all others that if I come again, I will not spare. And since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me, which is to you word is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we are, <clears throat> for we also are weak in him, but we shall shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Prove your own self. <clears throat> own self. Know ye not <clears throat> your own self? How that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. But I trust that ye shall know uh, <clears throat> that I trust ye shall know that we are not reprobates. And so reprobates is uh, not standing the tr- true a test, uh, then unqualified, worthless, pertaining to being uh, <clears throat> been proven worthless to be to no value, valueless, worth nothing. That's lunal and then unapproved, unworthy. Super spirits, worldly, uh, worthless in a passage sense that means disapproval, rejection, a castaway, and that's in a, a study dictionary. I was brought up on it means to fail the test. And so I think it's still a good de- definition. Jeremiah 6.30 says, Reprobate severs shall men call them because the Lord has rejected them. So we are to make sure we're in the faith. In verse 5 there, examine yourself where you be in the faith. How you examine yourself? This is the exam book. There's no telling how many passages in this 
book, this Bible, that says if you're saved, this will be something that you will be. This will be uh, that you'll have the Spirit of God, that you'll be sanctified, desire for godliness, goodness, righteousness. And we could go on and on and on, but all the way through here, where you start in Genesis, or you go, or you start in the New Testament, or wherever you want to start and go through Revelation, doesn't matter. It tells how many things that a child of God is. I had a professor one time right on the blackboard. He wrote just line after line after line, and what it was, the scriptures that said this is what a Christian is. And you look at that and think, you say, well, it's impossible. There's no way you could be all those things. And that's the truth. In yourself, you cannot be those things. Only in Christ can you be those things. Only by the power of God can you walk and talk like a child of God. Only in the power of God can you live a life that that exemplifies the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what happens sometimes, and we talk about choosing somebody to follow. If you follow a reprobate, then that's what you'll be. There's a lot of people who say, well, they do that. They, that's a good church over there. And, and uh, they do that, preacher. I don't see why we can't do that. I don't know how many times I've heard that in my life, either in personal or in church work, where they're doing this, preacher, we ought to be doing the same thing. <clears throat> The question is, is those done it, are they reprobates? Are they followers of Christ? You say, how can we know? Here's a church over here doing something. Repeat after me. <laughs> you repeat after me. You're a Christian. Join the church. Baptize you. You're going to heaven. Well, is that the truth? Is that a reprobate gospel? Or is that the true gospel? How you know? Right here. This book has power because only when, the, when you agree with this book, when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Scriptures have said, then you shall be saved. You can believe as the preacher says. You can believe as a Baptist church tells you. You can go through the ceremonies of a Catholic church. You can do all kinds of things under Buddha. You can do all the kinds of things after Hinduism. You can do whatever you want to, but that's not going to save you. What's going to save you is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Scripture says. I like that particularly because it just doesn't say, well, I believe Jesus. I believe He's a good man. I believe this. And they go through a list of things they believe. But is He your Savior? Have you trusted Him to where He's called you out of darkness into His marvelous light? Are you walking in heavenly places with Him? As Ephesians says, speaking of us sitting in heavenly places with Christ, when? Now! Not tomorrow, not when you die, not when, if you will, we're resurrected, raptured, or whatever it is. It's talking about made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, with Christ. I don't fully understand that. I don't imagine be able to explain that to you other than that's what it says. How can we get a glimpse of that? Sometimes we get it through prayer. Sometimes we have a high service and get a glimpse of it then. 
Sometimes in the depth of trouble and tribulation, you look for God for relief. He calms your soul. <clears throat> he gives you confidence. And though you still got to go through this, whatever it is, you know that God's with you. That's how you know. And how do we know that's the way? Because that's the way it says do it. And that's the only way that's backed up by the power of God. When you see the word kingdom, we discern by the context what it's speaking of. Often we must go back to the beginning of our entrance into the kingdom of God to remember the power of God in our lives. We need to remember those starting of our birth when God birthed us into the kingdom. The sweetness there and the clarity and the desire to follow the Lord Jesus Christ wholly and fully. You say, I didn't have that. Then you may have missed what this book is talking about. To be born again is a radical change. Radical change. Not in your appearance, but it will radically change your actions. It'll change your thinking. It'll change your hope. It'll change your confidence. It'll change your, uh, what you look to as, as being the absolute concrete thing you can rely on. It'll be Jesus Christ. <clears throat> as we mature in the Lord, we should walk in such a way that you cannot tell what we used to be. Cannot tell what we used to be. And people are surprised to find out maybe that you was this, that, or the other. What does that mean? Our life has so changed that we've been born again on the inside and in time that comes to work itself on the outside. That we demonstrate the power of God in us according to the Word of God. <clears throat> However, too often people keep some of their former lifestyle, dressing in, dressing in moderately, thinking too highly of themselves, lust of all kinds. That doesn't demonstrate Jesus Christ. Sometimes somebody said, well, preacher, that's just the way it is nowadays. That's just the way they're doing it. Well, they could say that in Corinth. Well, Paul, you know they're out here and they're just living together without marriage and sometimes they get married and sometimes they don't and, and they got the homosexuals out there we read about in the scripture there so we know we had them and, and uh, oh, they're just as good as anybody else and, and, uh, and they just go on and on and say well this is you know how it is preacher do you think Paul would accept that we know from his words he absolutely did not accept that and knowing these words are authored by the Spirit of God, then we know they are empowered by the Word of God. Some live as if the Spirit is powerless to change their lives. That often makes me uneasy. When somebody says, you know, that God's not changed them or they... Dependent on God for this, that, and the other, and you know, and now I'm talking about changes from wickedness to godliness. Who is greater, you or the Spirit? 
Now, spirit might take us to some things, and if you're one of those that are hard-headed, then you know you have some things to break you down to make you and mold you in the likeness of Jesus Christ. If you're His, you're going to change. One way or the other. If you change and obey and follow the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Scripture has said, then there's not as much pain in it. But if you don't, you're going to be changed. Absolutely positively. The Word of God says you're going to be changed. You're going to be changed. Yes, some others, some walk a normal, natural, if you will, walk of the Spirit. The normal Christian walk and some... They go on this extreme or that extreme as we see in the Corinth, but all are changed. None walk as they used to walk. If they walk as they used to walk, then they have not been changed. Are you an example of the believer to other believers and to the lost?